0: Chapter One of Uncle's Dream. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Uncle's Dream by Fedor Dostoevsky. Translated by FREDERICK WEESHAW CHAPTER One. MARIA ALEXANDROVNA Moskaleva WAS THE PRINCIPAL LADY OF Mordasoff. THERE WAS NO DOUBT WHATEVER ON THAT POINT. SHE ALWAYS BORE HERSELF AS THOUGH SHE DID NOT CARE A FIG FOR ANY ONE, BUT AS THOUGH NO ONE ELSE COULD DO WITHOUT HER. TRUE, THERE WERE UNCOMMONLY FEW WHO LOVED HER, in fact i may say that very many detested her still every one was afraid of her and that was what she liked now why did maria alexandrovna who dearly loves scandal and cannot sleep at night unless she has heard something new and piquant the day before why or how did she know how to bear herself so that it would never strike anyone? looking at her to suppose that the dignified lady was the most inveterate scandal-monger in the world or at all events in mordasoff on the contrary any one would have said at once that scandals and such like pettiness must vanish in her presence and that scandal-mongers caught red-handed by maria alexandrovna would blush and tremble like schoolboys at the entrance of the master and that the talk would immediately be diverted into channels of the loftiest and most sublime subjects so soon as she entered the room maria alexandrovna knew many deadly and scandalous secrets of certain other mordasoff inhabitants which if she liked to reveal them at any convenient opportunity would produce results little less terrible than the earthquake of lisbon still she was very quiet about the secrets she knew and never let them out except in cases of absolute need and then only to her nearest and dearest friends she liked to hint that she knew certain things and frighten people out of their wits preferring to keep them in a state of perpetual terror rather than crush them altogether this was real talent the talent of tactics we all considered maria alexandrovna as our type and model of irreproachable il ilfo she had no rival in this respect in Mordisov. she could kill and annihilate and pulverize any rival with a single word we have seen her do it and all the while she would look as though she had not even observed that she had let the fatal word fall. Everyone knows that this trait is a specialty of the highest circles. Her circle of friends was large. Many visitors to Mordasoff left the town again in an ecstasy over her reception of them, and carried on a correspondence with her afterwards. Somebody even addressed some poetry to her— which she showed about the place with great pride the novelist who came to the town used to read his novel to her of an evening and ended up dedicating it to her which produced a very agreeable effect a certain german professor who came from carlsbad to inquire into the question of a little worm with horns which abounds in our part of the world And who wrote and published four large quattro volumes about this same little insect was so delighted and ravished with her amiability and kindness that to this very day he carries on a most improving correspondence upon moral subjects from far Carlsbad. Some people have compared Maria Alexandrovna in certain respects with Napoleon. Of course, it may have been her enemies who did so in order to bring maria alexandrovna to scorn but all i can say is how is it that napoleon when he rose to his highest that too high estate state of his became giddy and fell historians of the old school have ascribed this to the fact that he was not only not of royal blood but was not even a gentleman and therefore when he rose too high he thought of his proper place the ground became giddy and fell but why did not maria alexandrovna's head whirl and how was it that she could always keep her place as the first lady of mordasoff people have often said this sort of thing of maria alexandrovna for instance oh yes but how would she act under such and such difficult circumstances Yet. When the circumstances arose maria alexandrovna invariably rose also to the emergency for instance when her husband Afanasy matveyevich was obliged to throw up his appointment out of pure incapacity and feebleness of intellect just before the government inspector came down to look into matters all mordasov danced with delight to think that she would be down on her knees to this inspector, begging and beseeching and weeping and praying, in fact, that she would drop her wings and fall. But, bless you, nothing of the sort happened. Maria Alexandrovna quite understood that her husband was beyond praying for. He must retire. So she only rearranged her affairs a little in such a manner that she lost not a scrap of her influence in the place and her house still remained the acknowledged head of all Mordasov society. The procurer's wife, Anna Nikolaevna Antipova, the sworn foe of Maria Alexandrovna, though a friend as far as could be judged outside, had already blown the trumpet of victory over her rival. But when society found that Maria Alexandrovna was extremely difficult to put down, they were obliged to conclude that the latter had struck her roots far deeper than they had thought for as i have mentioned afanasy Matveyevitch, maria alexandrovna's husband i may as well add a few words about him in this place firstly then he was a most presentable man so far as exterior goes and a very high-principled person besides but in critical moments he used to lose his head and stand looking like a sheep which has come across a new gate he looked very majestic and dignified in his dress coat and white tie at dinner parties and so on but his dignity only lasted until he opened his mouth to speak for then well you'd better have shut your ears ladies and gentlemen when he began to talk that's all everyone agreed that he was quite unworthy to be maria alexandrovna's husband he only sat in his place by virtue of his wife's genius in my humble opinion he ought long ago to have been derogated to the office of frightening sparrows in the kitchen garden there and only there would he have been in his proper sphere and doing some good to his fellow countrymen therefore i think maria alexandrovna did a very wise thing when she sent him away to her village, about a couple of miles from town, where she possessed a property of some hundred and twenty souls, which, to tell the truth, was all she had to keep up the respectability and grandeur of her noble house upon. Everybody knew that Afanasy was only kept because he had earned a salary and perquisites, so that when he ceased to earn the said salary and perquisites, it surprised no one to learn that he was sent away returned empty to the village as useless and fit for nothing in fact every one praised his wife for her soundness of judgment and decision of character Afanasy lived in clover at the village i called on him there once and spent a very pleasant hour he tied on his white ties cleaned his boots himself not because he had no one to do it for him but for the sake of art for he loved to have them shine went to the bath as often as he could had tea four times a day and was as contented as possible do you remember a year and a half ago the dreadful stories that were afoot about zenaida maria alexandrovna's and Afanasy's daughter zenaida was undoubtedly a fine handsome well-educated girl she was now twenty-three years old and not married yet among the reasons put forth for Zeneda being still a maid one of the strongest was those dark rumors about a strange attachment a year and a half ago with the schoolmaster of the place rumors not hushed up even to this day yes to this very day they tell of a love letter written by zina as she was called and handed all about mortis but kindly tell me who ever saw this letter if it went from hand to hand what became of it everyone seems to have heard of it but no one ever saw it at all events i have never met anyone who actually saw the letter with his own eyes if you drop a hint to maria alexandrovna about it she simply does not understand you well supposing that there was something and that zina did write such a letter what dexterity and skill of maria alexandrovna to have so ably nipped the bud of the scandal i feel sure that zina did write the letter but maria alexandrovna has managed so well that there is not a trace not a shred of evidence of the existence of it goodness knows how she must have worked and planned to save the reputation of this only daughter of hers but she managed it somehow. As for Zina not having married, there's nothing surprising in that. Why, what sort of a husband could be found for her in Mordasoff? Zina ought to marry a reigning prince, if anyone. Did you ever see such a beauty among beauties as Zina? I think not. Of course, she was very proud, too proud. There was mosgliakoff some people said she was likely to end by marrying him but i never thought so why what was there in Muskeliakov? true he was young and good-looking and possessed an estate of a hundred and fifty souls and was a petersburg swell but in the first place i don't think there was much inside his head he was such a funny new idea sort of man besides what is an estate of a hundred and fifty souls, according to present notions? Oh, no, that's a marriage that never could come off. There, kind reader, all you have just read was written by me some five months ago for my own amusement. I admit I am rather partial to Maria Alexandrovna, and I wish to write some sort of laudatory account of that charming woman and to mould it into the form of one of those playful letters to a friend purporting to have been written in the old golden days which will never return thank heaven to one of the periodicals of the time the northern bee or some such paper but since i have no friend and since i am besides naturally of a timid disposition and especially so as to my literary efforts the essay remained on my writing-table as a memorial of my early literary attempts and in memory of the peaceful occupation of a moment or two of leisure well five months have gone by and lo great things have happened at mortisoff prince k drove into the town at an early hour one fine morning and put up at maria alexandrovna's house the prince only stayed three days but his visit proved pregnant with the most fatal consequences i will say more the prince brought about what was in a certain sense a revolution in the town an account of which revolution will of course comprise some of the most important events that have ever happened in mortisoff and i have determined at last after many heart sinkings and flutterings and much doubt to arrange the story into the orthodox literary form of a novel and present it to the indulgent public my tale will include a narrative of the rise and greatness and triumphant fall of maria alexandrovna and of all her house in mordasoff a theme both worthy of and attractive to any writer of course i must first explain why there should have been anything extraordinary in the fact that prince k came to mordasoff and put up at maria alexandrovna's mansion And in order to do this, I must first be allowed to say a few words about this same Prince K. This I shall now do. A short biography of the nobleman is absolutely necessary to the further workings out of my story. So, reader, you must excuse me. End of Chapter One. Recording by Greg Giordano, Newport Richie, Florida.